I'm Rob. I'm E. I'm Chaz. Elusive. Welcome to the next movement. Park, throw apart. Wet earth, Apollo sent the heart. Following my arc. You should park where you start. I'm a dancer in the dark. Running tangents off the mark. If you're seeking understanding, you should jam this where you are. I abandoned being starved through plans that weren't for tomorrow. Two hands to plant with walks beyond us. Needings and wantings, no fault of conscience. Secrets and hauntings, seasons of harvest I'm carrying. Escariots litter the valley, fear not in the shadow. Peppermint and aloe poured upon the crown, still shining. South Jamaica, Queens, Strong Island. JFK, Sonic Boom, all the places I've been, I've been spelling. Just got to heaven and I can't sit down. Just got to heaven and I can't sit down. Just got to heaven and I can't sit down. Just got to heaven and I can't sit down. Alusa, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back. I'm glad to have a chance to talk to you again. Yeah, it's good good to be spoken to out here about this new record and, and what have you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I shared this with you, but before we reached out to you, Elusa, I had a dream. In the dream, I was asked to be the third member of Arm & Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really- That's confusing. like, replace, that's actually replacing, well, it's a toss up between Quelle and Carly Castro. So. Right, right. Right, which Them competition. It doesn't make any sense because I do not rap <laughs> at all. So, yeah. <laughs> but in the dream, the whole time, you and I went sh clothes shopping, and yeah. and Woods just stayed in the crib in the basement writing the whole time. Accurate. <laughs> that part of the dream seemed like it, might, yeah, it might be sort of realistic. Accurate. Woods doesn't um, he doesn't buy clothes. Woods has a like real cool T-shirt collection, but he hasn't bought any of them. Mm. They've kind of been like given or he's like found it, but he's got some cool ones that's just been like, he never, he never paid a dime. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Not even thrifted, not even like a Salvation Army. Yeah, situation. they just, they just kind of find him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, last time we spoke to you uh, and Woods, uh, you were getting ready to release Haram with the Alchemist. And um, I imagine anyone who has any interest in this podcast already knows about all that obviously a big album for you guys. Um, I caught Arm & Hammer on uh, the initial tour when you came through Philly in October of 2021. That show was in the basement of the church okay. here. First Unitarian. Yeah. Yeah, with Soul Glow. Exactly, yeah. Dope yeah, show. Shout out Soul Glow. They're really out here mm -hmm. taking over, man. Taking yeah. up a whole lot of space. Yeah. Then I saw you again in May of this year. This time uh, you were at Union Transfer, which is a much bigger venue and mm -hmm. a clear indication of the kind of impact that Haram may have had on your trajectory. But I keep hearing people say things like, uh, it's raised your profile. And I've wondered what that actually means for your daily life. Like, has, mm -hmm. has that changed much since Haram has dropped? In some ways, yeah. I think in, in, in one way, it's like, um, just like Army Hammer's on tour. Like we're still, um, we're, we're beginning, or we're in the middle of playing places that we've never played before. Like coming up next month, September, we'll be in Arizona. We've never played Phoenix. We never played Tucson. The first time you saw us uh, in Philly, 
on that on that tour, like we had never played LA before. We had never played Portland before. We had never played Seattle before. So yeah, at the Haram just kind of like opened up the the country in a way. Mm. For us to be like touring and doing shows and seeing like people who've been down with us, you know, for a long time. Like it was cool to meet people who just like got hooked because of Haram. And specifically like Earl Sweatshirt feature on um, Falling Out the Sky. Like people love that song, people love that verse. And because of Earl, you know, that Earl's profile, like those people saw us and was like, we like this and we'll come to your show. So it's cool meeting those folks, but it's also people that's literally been down since like race music, mm-hmm. Hierophant, and it's our first time there. So, you know, also with like COVID restrictions were lifting. So it was just like a couple of firsts, you know, this first show they've been out to in the world since COVID locked everything down, their first time seeing us. So it was kind of special, you know, for some people out there. It was dope. Yeah, that was certainly the case for me. It was the first show that I'd been to since the pandemic yeah. started. Very yeah, I think exciting. that's probably I think I probably I think that's like really like uh speaks to like like your you know, your question of what's really changed. Like we're out there more. Yeah. Out here, yeah. I told Bessie I seemed to further elevate your work and introduce you to audiences who might not have been familiar with you previously. So like I read your interview that you did with Title and you say I'm in so many new spaces. And I wondered if you think you're in a better position now to receive what your career has given you, especially recently, than you might have been if all of this would have happened where you when you were a younger artist. So in other words, does having more experience in life allow you to better navigate the direction mm. your career is taken right now? Yeah, I think about that. I think about if I had, um, like whatever's going on right now, if I were uh, 21 with like all these things, like what could it have been? And like, you know, uh, yeah, it could have been crazy. It could have been crazy. I, I might not have been able to handle it. You know, I would hope, you know, with experience. And it's not just uh, like my own like experience and my own way of like, because I, you know, I have people I'm accountable to, you know what I mean? Like I have a partner, I have children. So it's like that factors into like, like how I move in the world and like things that I like sign my name to and like things I attach myself to. It's like, it's like greater responsibility. And like, if I was younger, like I probably wouldn't even, I wouldn't, <laughs> I know, I wouldn't think of those things. You know what I'm saying? I'll just be yeah. like very kind of like just out here and, you know, being that way, it's fun and it has its merits, but it's like, you know, recklessness sometimes, you know, I put yourself in a position where it's like, like, fuck you up, fuck me up. So it's just different. Yeah, that, that could be a thing, you know? I think it's a thing, just like being older and having these kind of, like tether points in this world, you know? Yeah, your priorities change. I mean, they, sure. they have for me, certainly being older. So, and I think we're pretty close in age. So I wondered that about about how, if wisdom sort of has played a factor in, in how you are navigating things right now. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think so. Yeah, that's a good question. All right, so let's dig into I Told Bessie. And I have a lot of things to say about this album. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to not take up a lot of space. <laughs> Uh, but to me, it sounds like you had a lot of things you needed to release when making this project. I hear that in so many of the things you say throughout the album. And I don't necessarily think that that's any different from your other work. But I told Bessie feels like a revelation. Like you say in mm-hmm. Beta Max, this a day in church. So how did you feel going into this project? And where were you emotionally when it was finished? Oh, man. Uh, I think uh, so we're in 2022. 
Woods first proposed the idea of like I told Bessie I think like right after Haram he was like yo you just you should do a solo album like like now mm. and um, like I agree with him it's cool like the momentum we saw like momentum picking up we saw Shrine we saw Haram and we was like oh it's gonna be this next thing so I should probably like just get in where I fit in and then like a year went by nothing happened mm. uh, just again just like I don't know just maybe being busy maybe just just living. And then uh, when I finally got started, like a year, like 2021, end of 2021, yeah, I really got like serious about like this record is going to be this. I'm getting beats from all these different producers. I think I was just kind of like definitely at a a, a peak, uh, like a high. I, I don't want to say a peak because I don't even I haven't even reached the peak, but like it definitely felt like oh like I've got some things on my side. I've got this momentum. I've got like this expectation and also like I just been kind of like saving up like I've been you know all these group records Arm and Hammer, National Grocers, Small Bills I don't consider that a solo album like I you know I sat and wrote in a room with Lasso with Kayana with Malachi like we wrote those songs like you know you hear me but I mean you may not hear the other elements of what's happening you know like you weren't in the room but like I wrote that record with all those other people. And uh, I think when you work with other people, you just kind of, sometimes you, you know, I, what I want to do is like, you know, you play a little smaller so other people can, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. equity, everyone can be heard, you know? So it's just like, I'll like settle back. But it's like uh, the solo record is like, yo, this is all me. This is all me. So I, I kind of been waiting to like speak that way. Mm. You know? um, so yeah, it was a lot of excitement going into this record. And I think just sitting on it for that year was just like figuring out like, well, what I'm gonna do with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm confident it's I'm confident it could be dope, but like what I'm uh what I'm gonna do with it, what is it gonna mean, what I'm gonna say. And yeah, you just kind of just like work that out. Mm. You know, things I did early, like never like saw the light of day. Like no one will ever hear some of those first demos that made like I told Bessie. And then there are some things like spelling was early in the process. Like that was an early song. It was just like, boom, okay, I see, I see something here. Um, also like split tongue. Like those are also very early kind of like songs like formed for the record. How do you think you've grown as a writer in the years leading up to I Told Bessie and what's contributed to this? Um, when I think of like, when I think of I Told Bessie, I think of like, there's a lot of playfulness for me personally. It's funny because I, I, you know, people say what they say, they interpret it, uh, the music, and it's always like, it's always like Arm and Hammer or Elucid. It's like dystopian. It's uh, hard to understand. It's cryptic. It's dark. It's unforgivable. It's like, you know, all these things. It's just like people. You know, you know, for some people, it's like really cool to be like this dark and mysterious and like dangerous sort of like in the cut type of it, whatever. Like this wasn't like I told Bessie and it was just like I wasn't interested in like, like really feeding that. And people still like kind of like latched onto that. Yeah. In the same way. But that's not really how I was feeling. That's not how I feel about myself. That's not like my life. But yeah, man, I don't know, man. I got to do better at translating how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Like it was an honest expression, you know, yeah. in moments as these songs were written, as these songs were recorded, 
you know, it's fun recording like with Willie Green. Like I, I did every song in his studio for the first, well, it wasn't the first time. We did the Nostrum Grosses record this, this way. Every single song was recorded with Willie Green. And it's just like the way of like, that's it's different from how I came up recording at home, especially with someone like Green, who's like a super pro. You know what I mean? You can get in a in a booth with him and he'll he'll pull out two microphones and you're recording and two in the same time. And like he's tweaking like, you know, distortion levels on, on this one and like he's adding effects and reverb on this one it's just like yo just constantly trying to like build a vibe to like to make you comfortable to see like a vision while you're there like not some after the fact after the after the song is recorded and then you're tinkering like no like create it like in the creation mm. you know and it's like it's just fun working with someone who understands that you know yeah so yeah i'm not sure how how i grew like as a writer but i definitely like approached this album with like playfulness mm. and um once i got into the record like really just like i think just really letting the production like guide me mm. really like another way just really letting those beats kind of like guide me versus like coming in uh with set ideas or like whatever i wanted to say well you mentioned spelling and you, you mentioned people liking liking to offer their interpretation of your work yeah so i i want to talk about spelling and I realize I may be about to offer you an interpretation. <laughs> I think it was just more about like, I guess like the the cliches or like the ideas I hit every single record of like how people describe like what it is that I do or Arm & Hammer does or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, I don't, I don't know what y'all listen to. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, what, one of the things that I like about your music is how it is somewhat open to interpretation that you know, at different times, it might mean different things to different people. But I feel like something unlocked for me this week. For me, a, a great album opener gives you everything you need to know about the music that that is to come, that's going to follow. And sometimes uh, I feel like that message is explicit. Sometimes maybe it takes a bit more work and interpretation. Mm -hmm. uh, spelling is an incredible opener. The voice of Joey James describing trauma as time theft is, was just captivating to me. And it led me to seek out more information from or about her. Mm -hmm. So here's something that I found. This comes from an essay she published in 2016 called The Womb of Western Theory, Trauma, Time Theft, and the Captive Maternal. Yes. In regards to generational trauma in black families and the concept of time theft, she says, quote, time is lost, fragmented, broken in family terrors, constant negotiations with whiteness as property owners, that structure the inequalities in schooling, employment, housing, and mental health, and time is lost in memories of genocide. To grapple with such phenomena requires sanctuary and vision. Suffering produces the conditions under which sanctuaries are imagined and constructed within minds, at times extended into the physical world, end quote. I would like to submit that what you've created with I Told Bessie is a sort of auditory sanctuary that might allow its listeners to grapple with lost time. Having said all that, um, I, I, don't, I don't know that I need you to affirm or deny my interpretation, but I am just curious about spelling in general and like how it came together and the decision to use Joy James' voice. Amen, like, yeah, Joy James and, and what she said from that excerpt you read, all that resonates, all that resonates for me. And I think with a song, like spelling, I don't know. I feel like that song, it speaks to or expresses like my feeling just kind of like lying in wait. 
and just definitely kind of like separating a separation of self mm-hmm. um preparation visioning um imagining desiring you know building a world around myself a network a force field like of people of a community of like resources and yeah man i feel like when i you know when we were doing a record like haram you know right after haram was done i was living not any not even in new york city i was living i was out there today um i was living in long beach which is where doom is from also little peep is from um i was i was living out there for a few years and then COVID hit so it's like isolation just because of location and then it's isolation because of COVID. Mm. and when i moved back to brooklyn two years later you know 2021 yes everyone's still we're still wary about like being in the world so it's still in this in this kind of like incubation kind of period and just like imagining this kind of world that i wanted to like to see like i wanted to party i wanted to like connect with people during COVID, but it obviously like people are scared you know mm-hmm. we're talking about our physical health and it's just like you can't party during COVID. you know what i mean i just i just i remember like when COVID first jumped off i kept thinking about like well one like like the aids epidemic mm. like in uh the 80s in the mid the mid 80s you know and also thinking about like like rave culture who kind of like almost practice for like a time like this with like theme raves it's like biohazard raves you know what i'm saying and it's just like wait like in a club with like hazmat suits and shit it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean but it's just, i don't know you know i think that song again it speaks to just kind of just lying in wait mm-hmm. and uh, a sense of isolation and also to test i'm testifying you know i'm talking about my childhood in there talking about ex-lovers so i'm talking about my current family talking about like what i want to do and it's just like in the time where it's like a lot of stuff I can't do, I'm just here in my house, mm. here in my house, you know, and I can't wait to get out of here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also, you know, the hook just got to heaven and I can't sit down just like reflecting, like maybe like a recognition, recognizing like success mm. in whatever, I don't know what that, you know, whatever level that is, but people are checking for it now, you know, mm. it's received differently and not have to like really like switch my style or, or be, you know, currently ashamed of like, what I moves I made to have people listen to me, you know, I'm proud of what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. So, Appreciate that. I'll ask good questions. I like your questions so far. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That feels good to hear. So let's continue. Let's yeah. talk about old magic. Crack team gathered in the pyramid. Black street mandatory sentences. Limitless. Protect me from predatory denizens. You want to skim me alive. Exercise the innocence. Peak terror. Drinking blood of the young and unwilling. Straddle the ceiling. Feeling thick with mood. My fist refused to have its palm red. Accumulated bruises. Manhandling harm's head. Short fuses. No future. You ain't got to be here if you don't want to. Babylon all on us. Black strap karma. I like get the let out, bet I dead out. Everything I said will bled out, red out. Red sky wide, laps time, flesh rat. Fear not, old magic, foot stomp, head clapping. Hush carbo, who's asking? Pass to the moon like round robin. Doom gospel spell, I spoke silent. None shall prevail, I come try this. Spook scientific, divinely lifted. I be listening mostly, keep it close to me. Not what it is, but what it's supposed to be. 
double portion of protection for me and my niggas. Double portion of protection for me and my niggas. Double portion of protection for me and my niggas. Man, you once said that you elect nature of a threat as a new black national anthem. <laughs> I elect old fucking magic, man. Like this song is a work of art. One that's both empowering and affirming. No, I'm not gonna lie. I almost cried when I first heard the mm. chorus. It's just, it's a mantra, mantra that I keep repeating to myself over yeah. and over and over again. I played this song so many times in my car, when I'm walking my dog, like, in the kitchen when I'm doing the dishes, yeah. like yeah, just, just put it all around us. Put yes, all around us. exactly. The whole point. The whole it. point. Yeah. yeah. And I feel it so deeply, and it's something that I didn't know I needed until I heard it. Yeah. Um, so I I'm wondering what it was like for you to create old magic. It was a it was quick. A shout out child actor. It was a quick thing um, when it happened, and you know that that refrain, a double portion of protection for me and my niggas, was like one of the first things. That like when I heard the beat, like I heard that. And that's kind of like just followed that. Mm. I don't, you know, it just felt strong. It just felt really strong. And I wasn't really like trying to reach anything. When it happened, then it was just like, man, you know, historically, as a black person in America, this is the code. This is what we have always wanted. This is what we need. And, you know, but even in the news, like after the song was recorded, you know what I mean? I remember it was just like, all the mass shootings in recent history were happening, you know? Remember the Buffalo one, especially, you know, someone in my neighborhood, a few people in my neighborhood had, had and it was just like, yeah, it, it just felt, it felt important. It felt like it, it should stay. And uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely is a mantra. It is a mantra to be repeated, to, re to be remembered, you know? I, I think this is one of your strengths as a writer or lyricist is your ability to write these concise one-liners that are often hooks in your songs are almost chants. They get repeated or looped. They kind of stick in my head, mm -hmm. stick in my brain. And I, I wonder how you think about the utility of these short repeated lines. Are you intentionally trying to write things that like stick with people? I think, uh, well, I think, I think, yeah, just as someone that's uh, communicating, like I want, to be understood, I want to be heard. And I think, you know, there's so many ways to deliver like a message. And I think like my style that I have always had is like, has always been wordy. It's always been trying to detail a particular feeling. And I think that maybe, you know, maybe this goes back to your question about um, like how I'm writing and how it's changed. I think maybe my ability or like my desire to like communicate bigger ideas or specific ideas in the least amount of words possible is like my new challenge. Not new challenge, but it's a challenge. I think it's important. I think it's, uh, I think it's important, you know, communicating, trying to communicate with like a lot of people who have a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you, how do you make people like, understand how do you get people's attention yeah. you know uh, i'm not sure how to do that but i'm you know like amiri baraka used to always talk about like this idea of like the economy of language and mm. yeah i'm just trying to like exercise that in a way to say big things in like real small ways it's like a real it's a real challenge you know even like the course for spelling just got to heaven and i can't sit down 
I didn't I didn't make that up. Like this is the blues. It's literally the blues. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, you can Google that that one phrase. It's been said in like 150 songs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's super common, but people now they, they don't know. But why does it stick? Why do people are still there's there's power in it? You know, there's something in there that that really works and it grabs that. So yeah, I'm just trying to like like tap in. I'm just trying to tap into what to what that looks and feels like. You know? Mm. Yeah, I want to talk about how you communicate with people through your music. So when you did the interview with Martin Douglas and you're going track by track, I think you're talking about smile lines and you're talking to him and I, and you accidentally say when we wrote this song and then you quickly correct yourself and say, when I wrote this song, but I think there's something to your first statement because there's so much spirituality in your work. And for me, it often feels like you're a vessel Mm. being used by the ancestors to communicate important messages or better yet spells. Right. So I told Bessie is a clear example of this because of how your grandmother inspired his creation. But I'm curious if this is something you've generally considered and if there's intentionality behind your delivery and creativity where it concerns honoring those who came before you. Well, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like, you know, hip hop is very much based in that tradition. Like what you're saying is very real uh, for me. But I think like in general, like hip hop, even the idea of sampling, Mm. it's that but just electronically, it's electronic translation of a spiritual kind of like mindset, you know, sampling is that for sure. But yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch that in the, um, the KEXP interview with Martin about why I said we, and then switched back to just me. That's interesting. I never really thought about that, but, but I don't know, like, yeah, I'm writing these songs. I'm the, I'm the one who wrote the songs, but like, I'm talking about other people, you know, other people's words are in that song. You know what I mean? Like that song features Danny, just a local dude on my block. He's just on the block. I see him like every day. He wears the same clothes, the same coat every day from June to June. He's wearing a winter coat, all black, black Tim's lean. Like he's just a character on my block. Yeah. And there's many references and smile lines to Danny. So maybe, I don't know. Danny should get writing credit. You know what I mean? So things he said, so the, our, our conversations, like we wrote that song. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I heard this. And I heard. Uh, I be listening to a lot of. I be wasting time on YouTube, so I listen to like a lot of stupid like rap like interviews. And you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. I love Ad. I love Queens Flip. All these guys, right? But I feel like I saw something really stupid. Um, but they were talking about Kanye West and Kanye West, like his idea of like, yo like he's a fair like creator in that like he gives credit to people that like you know contribute to a song like if you just Mm -hmm. sat in on a studio session and you had on like maybe like a particular color shirt and he came in and maybe he saw the shirt color and he was like oh you was wearing lilac and then he rhymed lilac in a chorus and he was like (laughs) yo you get credit to that you know what i'm saying like that's fire so you know that that's fire you know i think that's what we were talking about earlier just like you know the crediting and you know, a lot of there's just so many influences that make up like uh, a song or idea. You know, I think it's cool to like show love to people who like who who contribute. You know, just un, unseen, unheard voice. So shout out Danny, mm. shout out Danny on Smile Lines. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a sense of community, and I told Bessie, and I think that's why I feel the way I do about it. So I recently watched a short film called The Funnel. Um, the Funnel. Know. Yeah, The Funnel. 
Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's um, written and directed by Charlene Carruthers, and it's about. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about. Jennifer I'm familiar Jennifer. with Charlene with like her work with BYP. Okay, BYP. all right. So my partner used to work with her. Okay. There. Yeah, yeah. They used to work together there, but it's about gentrification, black love, and our history as a community. And during the movie, one of the characters says, "We make our own air, even when they try to smother us out." And for me. I told Bessie is a living embodiment of that quote, right? right. And, and maybe maybe it's the sense of community I feel, but being in a world where black culture continues to be overwhelmingly colonized, this album feels like a reclaiming of our culture because you've managed to create this sacred and protected space. And I think you were talking about that space earlier, sort of this like force field around you. Yeah. But this space is like is is yourself include is yourself included, but also other black folks too. I feel that through this project. And and it's almost inaccessible to people outside the community because our experience is ours alone. And this album mm. is a reminder of that. You know, the pain, the joy, the sorrow, all of it is ours. The good and mm. the bad, it's all of ours. And there's so much power in that. So I want to thank you for issuing this reminder to me because I really needed to hear that. Well, thank you. That. That's something. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. And, you know, what you said, like, I've um, I've heard, like, variations of that, like, during like these live tours and from like from black folks across this country. Mm -hmm. I remember one time we were um, we were in Austin and we were doing the Oblivion Access Festival. It's a really cool festival. You know, we played there, Little Ugly Man played there, um, Wiki played there, and like we were just like the rap like rep represent this full of bands with like weird names like Pig Destroyer or like church burner, like very like black metal, dark death metal, crazy electronic shit. So I already notified, like it's very death obsessed. Mm. It's very death obsessed, you know what I'm saying? But it's like mostly white folks, you know, dressed mm -hmm. in all black. It's like 120 degrees in Austin, Texas, everyone's sweating. And uh, yeah, it's just that sort of a vibe. And then I remember uh, we, we, I mean, we had started the set, and the set off, the set starts off pretty dark with the first, you know, couple songs of Haram or whatever. And then I feel we got into Black Sunlight, and I was a clear like shift in like mood and like response from the crowd. All of a sudden, it became like this, and I remember thinking like, "Damn, they not." This is arm one of Arm and Hammer's most like affirming in blackness affirming and like like well-being affirming and like survival type songs and they were just like nah mm. nah we want blood we mm. want blood this is what i was thinking in my head you know what i mean and then when the song ended like i i like made a quip like you know the beats over it's just me and wood you know banter or whatever light banter i remember saying something to that effect and then just going on to the next song Show's over, we're at the merch table. This young brother from Atlanta walks up to me and he was like, I heard what you said. You were absolutely right. Cause I was thinking the same thing. It's like, how could, like, how, what, like, this is the livest song. Mm. And I was like, he was like, yo, I, this is on, like, I just know like that song was for me. I know that song was for us. Mm. And I was just like, hell yeah. Like you understood, like, yeah, just to make that connection. It felt real, like, it felt special, you know what mm. I mean? Make that connection with someone who understood what I was saying right there. You know, it's uh it's one of those things, you know. 
I believe in black secrecy. I said that like on Haram, like it's just like because of like the difference in experience from many folks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's I think it's important to like, you know, everyone talks about being unapologetic or, you know, but like I feel like that's that's a true effort of mine. It's a true effort of mine, you know, to to decenter whiteness and and it is actual unapologetic like blackness in my music. I told Bessie absolutely represents that, even with white producers, which yeah. is <laughs> we we could uh we could talk about that too. Well yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but that just speaks to the space that you created. Right. Yeah. Yo, shout out to that kid from Atlanta who saw me in Austin. Yeah. Who said that I remember that that was special. That felt special. Yeah, there's just this, I mean, there's this really strong pull and deep connection. It's it's indescribable sometimes. Um mm. I'm wondering what it's like for you to receive feedback like 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 what I'm telling you and what the the brother said and um where where were you Arizona you said? Uh Austin, Texas. Austin, Austin. Austin Texas, yeah. Is, is that something that empowers and motivates you and does your work ever have a similar effect on you when you listen to it? Mm. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, ego is a motherfucker. Ego tripping, ego tripping is a motherfucker, you know. So, mm. you know, I mentioned like, you know, having like accountability with like other people, and yeah, just I have someone who, uh, a few people around me that like ground me. It's like you know, it's one of those things. It's important. And I'm learning that, you know, I'm learning that like as I go along. But um, yeah, it does. It does empower me. Um, it does excite me. It does like spark, like, like ideas of like what things can be, what things can sound like, like where I where I can be in the midst of this and make things happen. It definitely, it definitely does. You know, it's really encouraging for sure. So you talked a little about a bit about this just a little bit ago, but performing songs from I Told Bessie on stage in front of a crowd, you know, speaking to what we are talking about now. I've seen pictures from recent shows and you look entranced on stage. And I wonder if you could just talk about what the experience has been like for you recently to perform these songs. Mm. It's interesting. Um, you mentioned Old Magic earlier, especially a song like Old Magic. I don't know, I feel like I get on stage and I just, there's this particular pocket that like, I know that I can reach where I feel unstoppable, you know, I'm trying to, trying to hit that point. Um, and uh, it's different every night. It's a different kind of a, every room is different. You know, people that are receiving it, receive it differently. So uh, yeah, sometimes it's, it's kind of difficult. It's kind of difficult to like lock in, focus and like lock in, mm -hmm. um, but it is fun to try every night. Yeah, it's kind of like a crowdsource situation. Just thinking about like uh, doing those kind of, you know, certain songs go off differently. That song like Jumanji, mm -hmm. Kenny Siegel, hard ass drums. It's like really playful flows, aggressive flows, like that goes off well, you know what I mean? Like I love how the song like Impasse, you know, there's a couple things. Betamax is really rocking. I feel like I really, mm. I feel like I got a new kind of handle on how I like to present Betamax live. Uh, on this last, last run, I feel like I got a real handle on that. Um, but yeah, sometimes I remember, I definitely remember like something like an old magic and just being like, ha, huh. like, 
this feels like such a crazy declaration, a room full of white people mm. shouting out a double portion of protection from me and my niggas as loud as I fucking can. Mm. You know, it, uh, yeah, yeah it, 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 it feels like I'm doing something that's like, I don't know, it feels a little bold. It feels a little bold to me, you know what I mean? Especially if it's like actual blank faces. They're not, may, they might be digging, they may like like what they hear, but they're not sure how to respond. So from the stage, it kind of looks like a blank face. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, room for the people not reacting. Yeah. And then I'm just, you know, it's a, it's an yeah. interesting kind of, kind of place to be in the middle of, you know? I bet it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to actually ask you specifically about moments like that. At, at both the shows I mentioned uh, being at earlier, I was, uh, for some reason, I was surprised at how white the crowds were. And there was a moment at the Union Transfer show, so the one in May, when you performed Old Magic without you know, editing any of the words or the chorus. Yeah. And I wondered to myself, what is this like for him? Mm. And wondered if there's ever a concern about how your white fans are receiving your lyrics. No, I don't really like, well, I've never really like concerned myself with anyone or how anyone um, like received the music, black or white, like, you know, this is like my like kind of expression and I love black people. So, you know, how I present it is how I present it, but I wasn't interested in like ever really changing but it is, it is a thing, you know, just these type of records, like doing it in front of like all white faces. I'm sure they, you have your question and I have mine. I'm like, yo, what are y'all here for? <laughs> what yeah. do y'all get from this? Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like what, what is mm-hmm. the enjoyment maybe? Or yeah. like what do you gain from this? Like I have my own questions, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just my expression, but y'all like, y'all came here, y'all paid to be here, so. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to like, just like really be in myself, like be in my body, yeah. be in my spirit. And, you know, whoever's out there that's out there listening, that's receiving it and how, you know, in an authentic way and it like impacts them in whatever way that's real for them, then shit, like y'all was supposed to be there and I was supposed mm-hmm. to be there. And like that connection was made and that's tight. That's tight to know. That's tight to feel. Mm. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. Union transfer. That was with uh, injury reserve, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out Richie and Nate. Yeah, they were. That was great. Great yeah. show. Uh, also, shout out Small Pro and Premrock. I spent most yes. of the show hanging yes. out with them. So. Yes. Curly Castro. Yeah, I didn't get to see Curly, but uh, or Castro, uh-huh. excuse me, but. Um, yeah, he didn't make it out for that one. Yeah. Your interview in Cabbage's newsletter has stuck with me, particularly your description of the Pentecostal Church as a death cult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not been able to stop thinking about that. I grew up in the Baptist church. I attend a Mennonite church today. The church has always been a part of my life for better, or for worse. But to be completely honest, I, uh, the last couple of years, I've really wrestled with my faith. You know, do I really believe all this? You've clearly moved away from your Pentecostal roots, but I definitely describe your music as having a spiritual quality to it. And on Bessie, there are some pretty explicit references to Christianity you know, just got to heaven and I can't sit down. Great example. And, you know, Woods has said in the past, you might have been a preacher have, had things gone differently. I'm wondering how you've managed to kind of integrate some of the spiritual aspects of your time in the church with your post-church life and art. Yeah, it's, uh, I think I even said it in that last interview, it's, it's, uh, 
it's difficult to escape your past. It's difficult to ignore how you uh, were brought up in this world. You can try, you know, and people have all sorts of ways to like drown out like memories of like how they came into this world and how they came of age and like experience and, you know, but uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've tried, but I mean, I can't, you know, you mentioned spelling, which is the first song and the chorus just got to heaven and can't sit down. The last song, Guy Al Brewer, Guy Al Brewer, like the lyrics in that song were about the church that I grew up in, in South Jamaica, Queens, on Guy Al Brewer Boulevard, and me choking on a mint. The infamous auntie, grandma, starlight church mint. And I'm choking, I'm choking. And I don't remember anything after that. Like I remember choking and like, and I don't remember anything after that, but I do remember like being inside the church choke and then outside the church, not choking anymore. And like, we're just kind of like in the sun outside the church. And it's just like a crowd of people like around me and like people are praying, you know? Some people like this hands in the sky and they're pr- And that's what the song was about. It's just a memory, you know, it's just a memory. Mm. I think that uh, with music or for my music, what I'm, you know, I just really want just like honesty. I want like transparency. So the idea, like memory, it's just, mm. it's what happened to me. You know, this is where I was at. Like, these are the references and it's like, not anything to hide you know what i mean this mm. is just why who i am it's like who, I'm, who my parents were this is who, you know who i was raised around so it's like just pride and just nostalgia well not really nostalgia but memory mm. memory you know i think about um well yeah i'm not i don't go to church anymore i don't consider myself a christian but yeah it's just if i just think about like tools, you know, ways that I like communicate or see the world or walk in this world, like right next to me is that, you know what I mean? Just like, mm. oh, as a, as a kid who was raised in like a Pentecostal church, black Pentecostal churches uh, in New York city, you know, in the nineties, it's just where I go to. It's where my brain goes to automatically. So yeah, that's all. Yeah. It's hard to get away from it when you, <clears throat> sort of ingrained in you yeah it's all in there it's all yeah. in you know also it's like I, I i make music um i think i try to make music in a pretty spontaneous way um and just like kind of like riding with like split decisions and, and and quick ideas and instead of like mining for things that are outside of my experience just talk about my experience you know what i'm saying right, like right. it's just it's just the easiest way to like proceed in like being honest about like what i think about what i believe like how i feel about something it's just all me you know i think like that's that's what i i, I really try to like continue to tap into just like honesty mm-hmm. in this, this expression you know mm-hmm. yeah for sure you mentioned mary Braca earlier and i'm glad you did because i wanted to talk about the black arts movement it feels like we're experiencing a 2.0 version there's been so much creativity happening within the culture and it feels like you and the community you've built with woods like chris and others have been leading these efforts where it concerns hip-hop so when you think about your work and the impact you've made 
Is there a bigger picture for you? Oh man, that's like a, that's like dream. That's like dream status right there. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just, you know, people, you know, doors are just kind of opening. Sure. You know, and it's like, well, hell yeah. Like I could see, I could see that. I could, I could imagine that like we're here and we're doing things that like people in 20 years can really like feed off of and just like sort of elevate, you know, like ideas and attitudes and like ways that we're like moving about. That would be really, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, if my kids could like grow up in a world, you know, in, in this particular corner, like a world and it's like, oh, my daddy helped like foster the way we think, the way we do this particular thing, that would be fire. That'd be fire. But who knows, you know? Who knows? Doors are just, the doors are just opening. Shout out Quale Cristo, man. Yeah. yeah. Third or fourth member of Arm & Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Along with Curly Castro. Yeah, I just saw Wet Quale at, um, at Elsewhere for the Woods release party. Mm. Uh, and it was a cool conversation mm. uh, talking with Chris, man. It's a cool motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Motherfucker, yeah. Just because you packing out here last time you ain't too pop. Granny keep a loaded four five right inside the glove box. Brandon shot his first key stone for he could spell his last name. Junior learned to know from Uncle Charlie at the card game. Kelly lit the school up like his fourth of July. Where she from them 22s more patriotic than I. New year shoot up the sky. Shooters boot up and ride. Popo show up and fight. No, there's nowhere to hide before I be in your city. Coming to your city, I be in your city. Coming to a city near you and your city. Coming to a city, I be in your city. Coming to a city near you and your city. Coming to a city, I be in your city. Coming to a city near you and your city. Coming to a city, I be in your city. Coming to a city near you. Let's talk some more about Quella Chris. Um, Typically what happens on this podcast is uh, on every episode, the second half of the show, we ask our guests to pick an album that is like a personal classic or has been influential on them. We did things a little differently this time. We kind of crowdsourced this. We asked our listeners to tell us what they wanted to hear Elucid talk about on the show. And um, Quella, Chris and Guns came out on top. So... We're going to talk about that. Before we get into it, though, I want to touch on a couple of things that came up mm-hmm. when we asked people what we should talk with you about. Specifically, Balloon Mind State by De La Soul. We got two people that said you need to ask him a couple of questions. One was Alexander Richter. Okay. He said we should ask you about the album art from Balloon Mind State. Huh. Well, I think he might have got the album wrong. He probably is talking about De La Soul's Dead. Oh, no. Okay. With the, the flower pot that got knocked over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ha. Shout out Alex Richter. Yeah, De La Soul is Dead. I knew the uh, the guy who designed that cover. Oh, okay. And, and then created that logo, um, which they used again on Balloon Mind State. Uh-huh. But yeah, Joe Buck. Joe Buckingham. Shout out Joe Buck. He, um, he created that that image and he was like really good friends with my uncle 
who's DJ, DJ Stitches. He had a connection with De La Soul, like really early, late 80s, from Amityville, same as De La. And yeah, him and Joe Buck were kind of tight in like 94, 95. And I remember like meeting Joe Buck and it was like the first time like meeting someone he was like real cool. Like he had like real fly clothes and like cool sneakers and like cool colors. I remember like his colors were like really fly. You know, I didn't know anybody who was wearing like, you know, he wearing like green with orange or like <laughs> purple mixed in and like a natural kind of thing. You know what I mean? It was just like real free, like painterly type, like color composition, just in regular everyday outfits. He was a fly dude. And he was working with Daylight. I remember he had just came back from Japan with them. He was touring. He came back. He had all this crazy, like, exclusive clear vinyl from Daylight. Mm. He had, like, all these badges and a bag, I remember, in his car. And, um, yeah, he was just a fly dude. Yeah, so we had a connection. Okay. All right. All right. Curly Castro told us that we should ask you about your uncle and, quote, the basement. Oh, the basement in my grandma's house, mm. in my net house. Yeah, DJ Scissors. The story goes, the story goes, he made the, with, along with Dela, they made the demo that got them, that Prince Paul heard, mm. that Prince Paul like freaked and like redid some things that got them that first album deal. Wow. But he was like, you know, the story is he was the original sort of like DJ, producer. And I, I do remember just like being in the basement, I do remember seeing him. Definitely like True Boy. Definitely like True Boy. Mm. Like I was a young, young child, mm. four, five years old. You know what I mean? But yeah, maybe even a little younger. Yeah, yeah. If I had to do the years right, whenever they blew up, because 86, 87, even younger. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That is the story. Incredible. All right. Well, let's really capture know about that story. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but he guided us to it. True, true, true. Um, I have a quick question about another album that came up on Twitter. Kind of surprised me. Shout out to Colin, aka Crunchwrap Supreme Supreme Clientele. I can't even say his can't even say his handle, but shout out to him. He mentioned this album by Preachers called Violent Playgrounds, okay. which I'd never heard of. But you seem to recognize it. You seem to know what it was. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> uh, it was funny, man. Like I don't know, I. Me and my brother kind of get, we can get lost in this world of like mid nineties Christian rap. Mm. Uh, again, like, like growing up, like in a church, like there were different levels of like intensity and <laughs> in like belief, you know? So, you know, at one point it became a thing of like, yo, you, I can't like really be listening to like secular rap, rap on the radio or rap that's not like talking about like Jesus. So it's like, it's not like allowed in the house, right? Yeah. yeah. So I love rap music. Yeah, I mean, I'm still listening to it. Yeah. I'm watching video music box. I'm listening to the radio. Like I'm with my friends. I just I don't own any tapes anymore. Like I I used to, and then I don't I don't have any tapes in the house anymore. So it was like it was a thing of just like, and I, I'm I'm sure these they still exist, but I don't know if they do. But like Christian bookstores. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a place where people obviously buy Bibles, but like also like, you know, this the CD era, like people buy CDs of like gospel music, 
or like lectures or like, you know, t-shirts, you know what I mean? Church merch, you know what I mean? For the picnic. <laughs> and, you know, I remember at this particular, they had, they had like coffee and tea. It was like a coffee house kind of vibe. It was yeah. like, whatever. They had a, a very small Christian rap section mm. and you could like listen to the, to the CDs and like, you know, you had to do it because a lot of it, like 85% of it was real whack. Yeah. It was yeah. real, real whack. It's just like, just like real cheesy beats, mm -hmm. real typical, like Jesus rap type vibes, you know? But I remember like um, playing that record, like Preachers, Violent Playgrounds. It's like the, the album title is like Violent Playgrounds. I'm in a Christian bookstore. It's like, mm, okay. So uh, I remember like like hearing it and it was like the beats were just hard. I just remember that. And it sounded a lot like, um, it sounded like Death Squad beats, like Red Man, like uh, There Is A Dark Side, like type vibes in the beats. And I was just like, yeah. all right, all right. So it was something, something to rock with. I remember like taking it home. It was like, it wasn't like very obvious, sort of like pro Jesus kind of a lyric. Yeah, I remember playing it for like, around friend like no one knew what it was and it was just like yo this is yo turn this off what is this you know <laughs> but it was it, it, i could do that and not be embarrassed because they weren't rapping specifically about jesus yeah right. it was just some rap they did not like hear they it wasn't anything on the radio you know but it was just like what is this you know which i got like later on just like playing any sort of like underground rap i remember playing like black star i got a very similar reaction actually mm. From people were just like what what are we listening to you know what i mean when black star first came out i remember that but yeah violent it's a great record it's a great record uh in the christian rap <laughs> in the christian <laughs> rap adults you know what i mean it goes down yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right all right uh guns quelle chris I, I guess my first question is why aren't you on this album Shit. <laughs> i wish is woods on this record no he's not he's i don't not. With, I think was on the next one. I mean, I've always, I've been a long time fan of uh, of Quelle. I think probably since um, Niggas is Men. I think that one is what really was like first on my radar. Woods put me onto that, and I was like, oh, this is really, this is something. And I just was like a fan, just following, and I don't think I was really even in communication uh, with Quelle really up until you know the past couple of years. It's like our, our paths kind of like crossing like physically and it's like being able to do shows and just like hollering just like yo please play please come through and just like meeting at the shows and like talking and building yeah I wish I wish maybe on the next maybe on the next quality record definitely <laughs> on the next Arm and Hammer record he'll be there yeah, yeah I'm sure do you have a, um, a memory of listening to Guns for the first time uh, when did Guns come out Guns came out in 2019 19, yeah. 19. Mm -hmm. 2019 yeah i was living in long beach so i was driving i was driving a lot at this time i remember like leaving brooklyn and being like my license had been revoked for mad years and then i got my license like restored when i moved and i was driving so i remember like a record like uh obamacare and that shit was just like ah it slapped so stupid like yeah. i was like i'm in like like Long Beach, Long Island, like suburban, like New York. And it's like a whole, yeah, if you just like listen to whatever's coming out of cars, it's like real wang dang -a lang like 
<laughs> like Fish, Grateful Dead, Guitar. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. and then I came, I was like riding and I just felt real cool. I remember like Quilly's music, a lot of Quilly's music, it makes me feel real cool, you know? And I think that's important. Like in a lot of rap, or just music in general, just like it, it charges you up in a way that you just, you looking at the world in a more confident sort of way. And like, I definitely felt like that, like with like old records like Obamacare or like, um, I really love Wild, Wild Minx. Wild Minx mm-hmm. is a really great record on it. And I really, if I, next time I see a quote, I have to ask him, why did the beat change? Because if you listen to it right now, that's not the original Wild Minx beat. Hmm. It's not the, the beat change. It's completely different. Hmm. And I don't know why. I don't know why. But I just, as I'm talking about it, I just I just thought about that. Uh, I would love to ask that question. Hmm. Why is different on uh, Wild Mix now? He has these like melodic piano riffs on almost all of his albums, and they just yeah. get me, man. Like they're just yeah. So he really good. yeah. Obamacare, you know that. It's so grating. It's so annoying, but I love it. But yeah, he he sounds just give Quelle an album full of piano beats. And it's just, yes, yes. Yeah, he sounds great. He sounds great over piano beats for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what I appreciate about him is like all the different elements that he manages to put together. That I'm not sure I necessarily would have thought of. Like the piano riffs that are kind of they're kind of melodic and they're nice. They're warm. Yeah. But he'll he'll be rapping over them about something serious, like he does on Guns. But then find a way to like make a joke about it that isn't like doesn't take you out of the message. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just love those el- the elements that he that he brings that I feel like a lot of people would struggle to get right. Huh. As you were saying, as you were saying that, I was thinking like, yeah, man, like Quelle's real cool. Like Quelle's like the style he brings is like is so off kilter. So when you say it's trying to get right, like you're trying to get right, you're gonna get it wrong. <laughs> You know, what I mean, Quelle's just attacking it from like a whole different type of like, just like headspace. You know what I mean? Like even a physical space. You see him like performing, like how he moves with his music. Like it's like it's I don't. There's not many people out here you see is like moving like Quelle. He's a he's his own being. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. his own being. Oh, also, also, I'm thinking about uh, Box of Wheaties as I'm saying this. Shout out Denmark Vesey. Yeah. Shout out Denmark Vesey. I would love to hear like more music in the next year or two from Vesey. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing talent. Mm-hmm. Excellent counterpart to Quelle. You mm-hmm. know, stands alone on his own for sure. Yeah. Yo, same with Cavalier. Oh, how could I? I'd be remiss. For sure, for sure. Shout out Cavalier. Incredible, incredible artist, man. I would love to see those brothers get busy this year. I know they, they're probably cooking up and we'll see something soon. Mm-hmm. I think the humor he uses is genius. And I also, it just reminds me of how we use humor as a survival tactic. Mm. He's talking about like a lot of heavy shit on here. Yeah. Um, and, and humor is how we get through sometimes. Yeah, that's factuals, factuals. You know, him and Woods, they do that the best, I think, out mm. here. Mm-hmm. You know, they do, they, mm-hmm. they, they really tap into that. But Quelle is kind of like silly with it sometimes. Like it's the, it's the law on guns comes to mind like the hook mm. the hook on that song is just pretty silly and it's like so silly that he can't like repeat it yeah. he says it one time and like he he somehow acknowledges that it's kind of ridiculous and won't say it again yeah he's like you get uh, that's the joke. yeah you get it yeah. yeah that's a cool observation yeah i i i think i get that i think i get that i think um 
you know, when I think of Quelle. So Biz Marquis is one of my favorite like hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. I feel like Quelle has like a thing that Biz Marquis has like the the weird shit he does with his voice, mm-hmm. but also like this this like willingness to play like you know this voice this voice of like the jester or the fool is like ever present. Mm. Yeah. Or this trickster is ever present. Like you think this guy is a fool, but he's like act the actual genius in the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like he knows how to like really like incorporate that and it's real fly it's real fly how he uses it mm. yeah yeah it reminds me of that bruiser wolf song i'm an instrument uh, like, uh, that's that's what his voice is to me it's so unique in the way that he uses it like you said it's genius yeah yeah he he's got a lot of range he's got a lot of range at the risk of belaboring the point like he just walks this fine line with his with his humor that's like sort of sends a clear message that he's joking but also there are times where you're not really sure like, not really sure yeah it's the best parts yeah <laughs> yeah the best parts when it's really obvious and then it's just like hmm oh. yeah just and th- now he's got me thinking room, yeah leaving that room for questioning is important you know yeah. question or like interpretation is important yeah how has quelle influenced you oh huh. i think it's just like a like an appreciation of like just dope music. Mm. I think more, more, more so like that. You know, it's hard to not like listen to a Quelle record and like be charged up about my own shit because he's he be doing masterly shit. So it's like when you see someone do a masterly shit and be like, "Well, damn, I think I could do something cool like that too," you know. So it's like it's encouraging and it's something that like I definitely like listen to and it's highly respected and i think about like you know upper echelon contemporary artists out here like quelle chris is on is on that list like he's making shit that like inspires me hmm. to like make new things too for sure i'm realizing i'm not exactly sure like why folks zeroed in on guns for us yeah, to talk I, about. I don't know i don't know why either but i'm wondering for you like how does it compare to the rest of his discography Hmm. There are there are a bunch of good songs that I like on Guns. Um, Obamacare, of course. PSA Drug Fest, two thousand three. This town ain't the right size for you and I. Six million ways to fly. Who's trying to die? The moon got a dark side. I know a guy who makes up a split like witches with new eyes. Cocktails unlike the Tom Cruise kind. Inhale, choke up like high news tide. I'm too down like the blue tie. Alice the white rabbit and the white owl. Ow. Couple hits to put your lights out. Chow. Some white boys bringing pipes out. Wow. Spark L's like dude getting a deal. For what they selling the tools, many sit in the cell. Cotton mouth moving like a shell for out. Hit the harvest with flippers like sound cassette. Word to do with pops, you ain't getting hooked up. Lace the dip, that shit turn your eyes steady wild. And that shit got lame, we spiced up the game. Brought out the blades and lined up cocaine. Furred off white with albinos, okay. Balance out the jump, we rolled it out with jazz. Honey had the stylist chain with the scoop. Full truth packed on the star like the coop. Spontaneous in them losing a new like loop. Must have been the ex that made them look cute. No peer pressure, this campaign's grassroots. Squad members hailing from the top to the bottom. From coast to coast, toast the more inside. We dying to die with more problems. Smoke them if you got them. I lost my shit when we played 
in New York at Knockdown Center. And I think this might have been Quelle's first show post-COVID. First or second. And I think I think he performed with us on both of those occasions. One in Baltimore and then one in Brooklyn. But I lost my shit at the one in Knockdown Center. It, was, it came off so live. I love that record. Uh, Wild Minx, Mind Your Business, Box of Wheaties, all real good songs. But I think um, the record after it, Innocent Country 2, mm-hmm. I think that's like the, I think that's like maybe the whole package. Mm-hmm. I think if you wanted to introduce Quale Chris to anybody, you could uh, give them that record and that would give them a good idea of like the type of style he's bringing. Mm-hmm. I think the production is like really great on there. Chris Keys yeah. really showed his ass on there. Um, and again, it has more of those like, those uh those piano like riffs and melodies that Quelle just always can flex over, you know? Yeah. Uh it seems like a lot of the, the production seems like tailor made for like his voice. And it's just like a real dope mesh. So I think that might that I think Innocent Country might be one of my like current favorites. But again, like I came into this on the niggas is men tip. And the niggas is men t- tape is like. I think that's my number one. I think that's our number one, and then Instant Country Two. Hmm. After that is my uh, my favorite two Quelle records. How about Death Fame? Death Fame is a great record. Death Fame is a great record. The new joint. Yeah. There's there's, there's a there's a few joints on on there. Yo, Alive and Always Living. Mm-hmm. That's like the gospel joint. And I was yeah. just like, Yo, like yeah, yeah. Oh, like this yeah. is like again like Quelle like like flexing his voice, and it's like real beautiful, man. Like he's not. You know, I think I think you know both he and I have a similar thing, like using our voice. Like it has this this greediness, this earthiness, this kind of thing where people hear it and, it, and it's kind of ugly. It's mm. kind of ugly, but it's also there's some beautiful spots in there. You know what I mean? And I think Quelle really knows how to flex that. And I'm just I'm just kind of new on this path. Uh, <laughs> Feed the heads is great. Feed the heads is great. The song Death Fame title tracks fire. How could they love something like me? Mm. Brilliant, 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 yeah. psychedelic music, man. Like I, I love that record. That record is so colorful to me. Yeah, I think I think that's actually my favorite, my favorite song on Death Fame. And he's not even rapping. Yeah. He's not even rapping on this song. But it's real, like just odd. It's really odd and really pretty to me. Mm-hmm. I saw him perform that a uh, couple months ago, and like he also- did. The whole yeah, it was it was incredible. The room was like dead silent. It was super quiet in there. Yeah, it's weird. It's a strange, it's a strange song. It's a strange like perspective. I think when people think of rappers, you know, it's always like accepting of like the yeah like chest beating shit and like that song is like wild vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a song of like just hurt and just like just down badness. <laughs> like, how could you love someone like me? Yeah. It's such a brave like thing to say in front of a room full of people, you know, just being like that open about like yourself and like, you know, I kind of like, don't like these things about myself and you know, you know it. And like, how could you, how could you love someone? Like you still love me? Like it's sad. <laughs> it's sad in the best way, you know? That particular show, he seemed. It seemed like maybe he had like injured his ankle or something because he had a, he had a cane, and he yeah. would occasionally sit down. And when he performed that song, he sat on a stool, 
in the middle of the stage. That's what the yeah, room yeah. was quiet. Something about him being hurt, having the cane and sitting down, like really brought that vulnerability out. It com- that yeah, it compound compounded the down badness. Yeah. It's just like he can't even stand. It's like <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. I wish I could have seen that. Yeah, man. I saw him uh, when I saw him in uh, in June. Uh, he's still rocking the cane. He was still okay. rocking. And I hope I hope I hope the cane is in the closet right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to say this, but I think you and Quelle have this ability to carry both happiness and sadness in one song. Mm. I'm thinking about like, let's talk about Stone Fruit for a minute, right? So like, when I listen to that song and you're singing. I feel happy and I hear happiness, but I also feel deep sadness. And I think he can do the same thing. Yeah. Like alive ain't always living. Yeah. Like I feel there's happiness. I feel some happiness in there, but I also feel deep sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I feel that I feel that. And I think, I think, uh, that comes with like a lot of living. Yeah. A lot of, and it's just like, you know, like falling down or like being checked by people that you love, you know what I mean? And yeah. I know you might've done somebody dirty. It's like learning like lessons, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like learning lessons and like expressing that and like being grateful, but also realizing like, yo, I fucked up. Yeah. I could, like I could like do better about these things, but yeah, I think it kind of like, it tugs at both ends. And I feel yeah. you like, well, it definitely, definitely, definitely knows how to, to reach that. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. All right, so Dano from Free Music Empire is the person I, I think that kind of gave Guns momentum when we were asking people what they wanted to hear us talk about. Yeah. And so okay. I, I asked him, I was chatting with him right before we got started tonight and asked him like what he would want to ask you about it. And uh, here's his question. He said, Quelle has a, a crew of folks that always show up on his albums, Denmark, Cavalier, uh, Pink Sifu, Etc. Every consistent co-star forges a different musical relationship to Quelle. What traits do you see each bringing to the Quelle musical universe? Hmm. I think when I uh, well, let's start off at the top. One of the first times I heard Quelle rap with other people, I feel like Denmark Vesey might have been on the song, and I'm pretty sure Quelle produced the song. And in my head, I always thought like, well, Quelle is like a great artist by himself but I know he also like produces and like, this is his homie who really nasty with it. And like, it gives Quelle just to like step out the booth and like, let my man kick it. And it's just like, you know, I'm a producer now. And it's just like, it's an ill flex for him. Hmm. But I, don't, I don't know. That's a that's kind of a tough question. I probably have to be closer. I probably have to be closer to see what each, hmm. each brought out. When I heard him collaborating with Pink Sifu, it made a lot of sense to me like immediately. Also, in similar ways that they um, they use their voices, yeah, yeah, beats, and again, this sort of like earthiness, this sort of like just like grittiness, down bottomness of like the vocal register. How like Sifu be croaking on tracks? He's like really like croaking. Quelly yeah. does similar things, you know. It's just like who else? Cavalier. Cavalier is nasty with it. I can't. Cavalier is nasty, man. Have y'all heard Private Stock? It's a great record. Mm-hmm. Last, yeah. I, last, I think maybe his last solo record. Yeah, Cavalier is nasty. But him and Quelle, they have this sort of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a twin thing. I think I get them like, I know they have different voices, 
but like there's something that's really really like brotherly hmm. and like similar like in style and like outlook uh to me something about them i can't really like articulate it right now but they're real close they're real close and they're like a really dope way they obviously like stand on their own but like they sound great on tracks together for sure yes yeah i guess i gotta get close that's a good question Dano. that's a good that's a good question i gotta think about that uh, yeah man i like y'all i like y'all questions no, I like thank you. I've done a bunch of these things, uh, a bunch of these interviews, you know, Zoom and whatnot. I like your questions. Thank y'all. That means a lot. Yeah, I really appreciate oh. that. Thank you. Yeah. There, there was there was not a repeat question tonight. There was zero repeat questions. Keep it fresh for me. I, I, I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. I also appreciate I mean, I've noticed you making the rounds with some of uh some of our our counterparts in the podcast game and uh I appreciate that. I appreciate you, you know, spending time with us podcasters. Yeah, I mean, y'all people were listening, y'all listening. You know, it's just like I love to talk about like what I have made, like what it means for people. Like it's cool. Yeah, I saw something today, but over here I've got like Caltrops Press. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was reading that a little bit today. Yeah, they they really go in. They really yeah. go. It's cool to like see it like online. But it's actual an actual physical artifact and like where was i somewhere maybe a knockdown so they showed up and they gave me all the issues of like the printed matter you know mm. all the ones that are on the website each one has its own individual and the fat boy sharif has one billy woods yeah. has one sleep sinatra has one and it's just like it's just quality just writing and just like observations and it's just mm. like it's dope when you just put something in the world and like people receive it and they're able to like sit with things and have like real ass thoughts and opinions and like comparisons and it's solid and mm-hmm. solid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's respected. Like these people, you know, and he's just a sharp dude. Yeah. yeah, Sharp dude. And like, I appreciate like that level of like care and like thought about like what I make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out Cloud Chops Press. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. Well, this has been the next movement of Lucid. Thank you again for your time. Yes. Everybody check out I Told Bessie. Is there anything you want people to know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there anything you want people to know before we let you go? Oh, man. No. (laughs) No. You said it all. There there isn't anything, man. But yeah, yeah, thank y'all for everyone, whoever's listened to to Bessie, who I told Bessie, you know, it's a wild thing. I made this record with her name in it. And, you know, however many people out here in the world, like saying her name, she knew, she only knew like you know mm. as they're saying this like referencing her you know i think it's kind of cool she might be a little she might be take a little pride in it you know yeah, yeah. that's a lovely yeah. thing love your grandmother yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> thank you for listening this has been the next movement peace peace yeah. there's always something to do even when i'm doing nothing i count as a move Craving silence, mass choirs, singing gospel of doom. Allowed to move, refused to honor, hours tend to get lost. Never for naught, even for sport. I walked in myself, I can't get off unless I warp it. I divorced the wild style and got a new one, never force it. Flowers chose the blue ones, my thumbs green, the pinkies too. Babies clean, my lady weighs me on a scaly truth. I don't want to lie to you, sometimes the reason never matters. You won't feel it in a rhythm in the pattern. Show my work, defending the answer. There's only one but many portals. Fuck you going with the door closed. Greenbacks, the crossroad idlers. Dream coats brighter than some quartz in the sun. 
I was never lost, I only had my eyes closed. Blind with possibilities, snow than I know, snow than I know. Higher up. Why you don't see time to me? Higher up. 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 Higher up.